Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan Kaberski. And on this wonderful episode, we have our two awesome co-hosts that are always with us. It's Blake, and it's my weekend. It is. It's Randall, and I haven't had a weekend since 2019. Oh, no, oh. I, feel, I feel bad for bragging <laughs> about my weekend. Single parent. Yeah, I, I took yesterday and today off, so I've, I'm, I'm on my four-day weekend, and it's kind of rough. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. We we have an interesting episode to discuss a movie called Judas and the Black Messiah. And we watched it with some friends drinking some beers. I picked out a couple of specific fruity or n- non-standard stout beers because I wanted something that was going to be heavy. And, and one is like 5% and the other is 11%. So we could kind of compare and contrast. The film we knew was going to be big and heavy and, yeah, you know, yeah. it's long. But there's there's a lot of we've been talking about how do we want to even approach discussing it because it's a historical drama, it's based off real events, F- following uh, one of the chapters of the Black Panthers in Chicago. Yep, 1960s. So, so obviously, very heavy subject matter. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and valuable to today, and that was one of the reasons I suggested yeah. we watch it because it it actually with all the things going on in society and in, with police brutality and shootings and the court hearings that are happening, I was like, oh, let's. Let's see where, you know, the spark of, like you said, you can kill the freedom fighter, but you can't kill freedom. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> COVID came I don't pretty know. <laughs> we seem to be at a good job. We're doing a good job as a crunchy, crushing freedom. Yeah. But this has been a problem that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like it's just been happening. Yeah. I'm just like, how do we talk about this without pissing somebody off? Yeah. Right? Because it's such a sensitive an important topic that I'm like most of the time, I don't even know where to begin to have these conversations. Um, but this film definitely wanted, I think the point of this film was to get to, to keep the conversation going about what's mm-hmm. been happening in this country since the beginning of this country. Yeah. Um, but this was a very hard film to watch. I will mm-hmm. say in the film's defense or maybe not in its defense, just one thing I liked about the film that I don't usually see in these kinds of, like, you were saying docudrama? Yeah, I mean, of, it's a historical drama. Yeah, yeah. So it's based it, on historical events, but mm-hmm. it's a drama. You don't often see the infiltration aspect. The story being a uh, Lakeith, oh, I always forget their actors' names. The the, char- the William o- William O'Neill was the yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, William O'Neill. Uh, he's played William? by uh, Lakeith Steinfeld, I think. Yeah, Stanfield. Stanfield, just bad luck and bad decisions winds up having to, at the behest of the FBI, infiltrate a Black Panther group. I don't often see that in historical dramas about the Black Panthers. You usually see, here are the leaders, here's our movement, here's our opposition, which is still amazing. But I really liked seeing a little twist of, are they going to find this guy out? Are they going to... Yeah. Is, is He's acting real nervous, but no one seems to really notice. And Well, I mean, they were all nervous. I mean, either, yeah. either you were on or you weren't. And, yeah, and, and unfortunately, point. there were a lot of people who weren't on. The ones that were at the forefront and shooting the guns at people when they had to, yeah. to defend themselves, they were on. But everybody else was like, I don't want to die because they're going to just, they could just shoot me at any moment. Yeah. Black, I mean, if you were black in the 60s, you're probably nervous all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it, was a, it was a crazy time for this country for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was intense. Yeah, so so basically it follows this guy, William O'Neill, the character, and he gets involved 
um, to kind of track and, and report on what the Chicago chapter of the Black Panthers is doing, yeah, specifically yeah. Fred Hampton. And it, it, it does also kind of parallels what Fred Hampton goes through. He gets arrested. And he, he tries to build a coalition. And, and if you've seen any of the, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. trailers for the film, it does talk about that. It, it shows him with the crowds or building a yeah, coalition yeah. of, you know, they get the Puerto Ricans. The and Rainbow the Coalition. Games, the Rainbow Coalition. And I yeah. don't know mm-hmm. if that's where the word came from, but that's... Uh, Fred it. Hampton played by Daniel... Kaluuya, probably most known for uh, his role in Get Out as the lead. Yeah, it, I think he did great. I don't often see him in a lot of movies. And he seems pretty even keel in his characters. I thought he was pretty interesting to see him. You know, a big, loud personality, which you have to be to <laughs> run a Black Panthers chapter. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I again can't make any claims whether or not. <laughs> As Randall was saying, it, it, it's been a challenge to kind of like, how do we want to frame what we want to talk about with the film? Mm-hmm. So we've been reading and looking at some of the reviews that have been posted on like IMDb and some of the other sources. Yeah. And it's it's pretty obvious. It's it's hard to get a good, how do you pull a synopsis of something and actually then start thinking about, it. they say it's shallow and it's, you know, it's not, you know, the main character is really kind of just singular and driven. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a historical drama based on him. So yes, he was a driven person and yes he had humanity because he had a kid with uh, one of the female i guess you say activists that was with him one of the people that was in his inner circle so mm-hmm. i i love the music i love the cinematography oh, the music was so good they, i was like when we were watching it i'm like they probably didn't have to do a whole lot to get this scenery because there are parts of chicago that still look like this yeah <laughs> sadly sadly yeah chicago somebody mentioned detroit which i wouldn't be surprised by yeah so that's a 1970s kind of look great cinematography oh yeah um, an important film to watch, a long film, a film that I don't think th- um, should be overlooked in terms of importance and how it makes you feel. Because mm-hmm. I think it, I think one of the things, I mean, how do you approach a, a subject like this, right? And like pick a story to focus on. You have to leave some things out, right? You have to yeah. focus on, you have to have a point of view. You have to have some opinions on on that period of time and tell a story, right? Tell it, tell a story in two hours. And so of course you're going to get the reviews that say this wasn't accurate or they overlooked something. Um, but I think really what the director was, I'm, I don't know, total speculation, but the director wants to make you feel what it must've been like to go through that. Right. Yeah. To go through that experience. And this was a very graphic film. Like they did not shy away from how brutal the police were yeah. back then. Um, and it just makes me wonder what we're not seeing today happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's only because of everyone has video cameras on their phones and everyone has one. Right. But still, I'm sure there's so much that, you know, we don't see, you know, mm-hmm. that gets yeah. lost. Correct. Uh, director Shaka King, who also did Newlyweeds and Mul- Mulligans. I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with these movies, so I couldn't tell you one way or the other <laughs> how I feel about them. But Well, let's see what he does next. What's what, what, what's he got going on next? Yeah. Doesn't say. Okay. Well. Oh shoot! He uh, directed some episodes of Shrill, which I believe is, is based on a uh, Hulu kind of dramedy, mm. following uh, eighty AD, Bryant from SNL. Cool. So I've seen some of his stuff. Is it good? I really liked it. It's set in Portland. Oh. As mentioned, we picked a couple of beers. We we were actually had some friends over. We were watching with yeah. this in the living room. And we were doing a beer tasting, and we had a bunch of different beers. And unfortunately, we had a bunch of beers before we watched the film. And fun, funky beers. And so our taste buds (laughs) were a little whacked out. Uh, Luckily, we had leftover cans from that, and we were able to 
now try them again, which is really nice because they have a completely, I think, better and different profile than what I remembered. I'd agree with a different profile. I reacted more to uh, the taller of the two this time because my taste buds were still yeah. pretty fresh and mm-hmm. so, not, so they didn't get their stretches in. I, I <laughs> would say that I you could watch and drink anything with this film at this point because it's yeah. you're going to want to pay attention to the film. These were one was big, one was just smooth. You know, both. I think I, I have a preference as to which one I like better, but just pick something that, that you're not going to be offended by when you watch it because you need yeah, to pay yeah. attention. Because you're going to be offended by other things. Yes. Like the FBI. how horrible like how horrible <laughs> the FBI apparently mm-hmm. is. Hiding stuff from within their own guys. Yeah, oh, my god. Small gosh. spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, they treat each other. I Actually, mean, higher-ups just, they don't care. They just abuse and, yeah. and manipulate yeah. anybody they can. Real quick, sort of silly question. If you're watching a documentary or docu-series on something that's already happened, can it be a spoiler alert? No, not really. No. Okay. Everybody dies. Right. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Just well, kidding. Well, in the end, they kind of Ra- do. Randall, your mascara is running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This film was heavy. It heavy, was. heavy film. I think we all agree. Carve out a couple hours to just and just mentally prepare to, wa- mentally prepare to watch a heavy subject matter movie. Yes. Yeah. Act that between the acting, the music, the cinematography, just everything all together, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, I mean, by no means a bad film. Just, just what, uh, one you should mentally prepare for. Yeah. yeah, you know, if you're if you're feeling like 2020 was a rough year and 2020 is not so great either, well, maybe just put it on hold. Yeah. Do we have some spots that we want to, uh, some shout outs that we want to do? Yeah, we're gonna forego the typical ad break because I felt kind of strange trying to make light of such a subject. But since we do mention that we are uh, located in Portland, Oregon, I took a brief look online. The interwebs. And I found uh, all those tubes, those internet tubes, and found a few uh, local organizations that serve Portland's black community you can donate to. Uh, obviously, there's the Black Lives Matter PDX. Uh, they share inf- info about local protests, increase awareness of racial injustice. I, at this point, if you have access to anything internet, you know about Black Lives Matter. Uh, there's other ones I've never heard of. Brown Hope provides a bold vision of how to create platforms for black, brown, and indigenous people to be seen, to love, and to lead. I did not was not aware they exist until I found this website. There's Elevate Oregon, builds relationships with the urban youth to promote education, self-reliance, and leadership. And I'll hit you guys with one more big guy, uh, the Portland NAACP. I keep forgetting that there's local chapters of these big organizations. Yep. Uh, as if you don't know, uh, they focus on ensuring the political, educational, social, and economic equality of rights of all persons and eliminating racial hatred and discrimination. So and if there's none of those, if you don't want to donate to those, if you want to donate to another one, I just typed into my search engine, pro-black groups in Portland. And you can just substitute your city if you're listening elsewhere. Help out. Get involved. Help, help us any way you can. My parent- Silence is violence. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it so, is. Yeah, that, that'll be the ad break for this one. Nice. Next episode, we'll have something very silly, and you'll be like, "Ugh, that Blake!" As you roll your eyes. Yes, it's fun. Don't be afraid to have these conversations. Yes. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. You're gonna mess it up, but talk the only to way your things kids. get better. Well, I think whatever you, whatever anybody does, I think the first step is always to approach the topic with kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, there's no right way to talk about these things. But there is a right way to talk about beer. Yes, there is. Oh, absolutely. It is it's a very cool looking can. It's a really cool can. I like it. I've had it once before. This is Chocolate Orange Lateralis Imperial Stout from Lulupin Brewing Company out of Big Lake, Minnesota. Oh, that's right. This is a Minnesota. This is the one yep. that got me doing the accent that 
Everyone loves so much. <laughs> yes. This can's really beautiful. I like it a lot. And and the whole can is black except for the bottom part. So it's uh, like, a, I don't know if it's a sleeve or not, but I I, know that there's a label on it. I think it's a sleeve, but the top, the, the top portion, the ring portion is also black. So it's, it's a really interesting, cool, graphical. It's an aesthetic you don't see a lot fruit. in cans. And I got it because I like orange and chocolate. And like I said, I had it before in a tasting that we did at the, with our friends. And I just completely forgot that it was an 11% beer. <laughs> big beer for a big, big movie. Yeah. Basically, perfect for, perfect for a school night. <laughs> the cool thing is, is that this beer is made with Quebec yeast, which we've talked about before. And Quebec yeast is this strain Bless that, you. that allows you to do both <laughs> ales in lager fermentation. It, it ferments out at both warmer and cooler temps. So it's going to give you some funk. It's it's a wild yeast strain that's been you know cultured down, and they've they've so it, it has a little bit of the way it was described is is that the cocoa nibs and the orange peel that were put in post fermentation uh-huh. were there just to accentuate and give the bitterness to it because the kind of little f- mild funkiness on it. I I like this more than the other one because of the complexity of the flavor profile. Real quick, are there a lot of yeasts that they can do at those multiple temperatures? Uh, the Quebec it- strain of yeast. It's not just a single yeast. Okay. So oh. Quebec is a label of the style of yeast. And um, if, okay. if you get Zymergy, if you're a member of the American Homebrewing Association or yeah, the Brewer I, I, Association I, of America, they they have a magazine I subscribe. In, and their most recent episode actually has a breakdown of six different Quebec strains that are available from homebrewing supply shops or commercial professional breweries that works out and they talk about the different cha- differentiations of it and the one that they used for this was really nice because it it didn't really give a lot of funk but it did give a little bit of like i would say like almost a floral character to mm-hmm. it a little mm-hmm. i think floral works there, there's certainly a what i would describe as a light kick yeah it was enough for me to yeah like, you're not going to get sour patch face but you're, you're it's there yeah and the bitterness the, ch- the cocoa bitterness are cocoa bitters and not when we just poured it today just now I was like, wow, this is way more cocoa than I thought it was. Yeah, I'm getting a lot more cocoa now that I haven't had a collection of other big beers to yeah. warm up the old taste buds. I, I liked it. I think I like the other one a little more, but we can get to th- into that in a second. Yeah. Randall, any, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I just I didn't realize how strong it was, and I might have had too much. So I don't know if I want any more. <laughs> That's fair. That's, fair. <laughs> That's totally fair. I'll <laughs> take Randall's share. Yeah. It's, it's, a big, it's a big one. And, a and big we, were just, we were just passing it around, giving tasters everybody. We're like, here, have some of this. I like, kept oh, tasting. yeah, by the way, it's a big beer. I didn't realize it until way after the fact. Oh, well. I thought it was just the movie getting me down, and I realized <laughs> it was the movie and the beer. Yeah. So. Dot com. The, uh, the, other, <laughs> touché, touché. The, the other one that we got was from Pono Brewing, which is here in Portland, Oregon, and it's called All My Love. And it literally just got released like pretty recently, like a week or two ago. I didn't and realize it was that recent. Yeah, it's a newer beer. It's a seasonal that they do, and this is a berry stout. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's raspberry is basically the, the primary fruit they used on it, and it's kind of a thin, shallow, an American-style stout. Almost, it, it's bordering on export style, which, you know, means it's going to be a thinner body, That's not right. as much roast, lower alcohol. It was tasty. It's very tasty. It's very tasty. The berry shines very clean. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't taste like a syrupy berry flavor. It tastes like real fruit, mm-hmm. which is what I appreciate about it. Some tartness yeah. there. Yeah, it, you can feel the bubbles and it feels like a liquid instead of a syrup, like yeah. you were saying. So between these two... What do you guys think fit the movie better? I'm leaning towards the, the le- help me out, the Letteralis? The Letteralis, yes. I, I feel like the Letteralis matched the movie for me, just for the big flavor, 
I, I had to drink it slowly, which went with a long movie. I was, I kept thinking this is this works really well. I tried the other one and thought this is okay, not matching up like I hoped it would. I I like the latter. Like I said, I mean, I like that one better out of the two altogether. But I mm-hmm. think it went better with the movie. But again, we had also different flavor profiles because our palates had gotten blown up by a bunch of uh, <laughs> weird beers that we had before. So it was I don't a know. coalition of beers. Yes, rainbow it was, coalition. It was of a beers. rainbow. It literally was because yes, we, we were doing all kinds of sours and funky. Uh, what they call right. <laughs> big, big. Uh, uh, they call them milkshake or you know they're juicy like smoothie beers. Smoothie beers that have you have to roll the can before we open it because there's just so much sediment in it. These are beers that are fully opaque. You cannot see through them. Yeah, it's like drinking orange juice or you know pineapple juice or whatever. But anyway, you can kill my taste buds, but you can't kill my taste for beer. Sound right? That sounds yeah. like a Bud Light slogan. I like it. Oh god! <laughs> when they get they uh, get ironic with it. Yes. Oh, no. When all those Gen Z and millennials get hired on the Bud Light campaign. Oh jeez, let's not go there. <laughs> so okay. So yeah, right. I, I think a general consensus. Uh, everyone like the beers is just be careful if you get these. <laughs> yeah, definitely ch- uh, check them out. Uh, these beers were both purchased. Uh, big shout out to Bridgetown Beer House. Over off of Mississippi and North Portland. Love them. Great people. They have a great can, single, and four-pack and six-pack collection of warm and cold. Mm -hmm. They have a great bottle selection of gigantic big rare beers as well as, you know, he rotates. The guy just, he spends a lot of time curating and I, every time I go in there, it's great. We get it. You can get. He has about ten or twelve beers on draft, and you can get one. And he has out outside. Yeah. Yeah. Seating. Hang out for a minute. Chill. Go in, talk to the guy, and he'll explain the beers to you so you're not just grabbing stuff. But we typically grab based on label design. <laughs> the, the, the Blake method of selecting yes. beers. Which is fine because there's so many, and he always rotates. Every you know every other week, he's got half of the freaking shelves are different. So uh, big props to those guys for yeah, having sh- a great beer selection. Shout and, out to you guys. And, and shout out to these two beer companies for making really good quality beer. I like them both. I mean, they, they both are outstanding beers, from my opinion. Mm-hmm. One just, I think, the bigger, darker one that's more bitter and f- full, robust flavor uh, stood up to the film a little bit better than the Pono did. But that's just my opinion. That's a good one. I like it. That's a good opinion. I'd put that on the internet. Yeah, I'd say that that that. for the audio track. I believe that's, we're going to finish off the episode with that. Um, And as always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this episode are those of the hosts. And we did not hydrate as much as we should have because we then, you know. We almost dihydrated. We did. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Make sure you hydrate or you will dihydrate. Yes. Yeah. It'll be unpleasant. Dihydrate. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening and hanging in, everybody. Check out the film. Get some good beers to drink with it. And, you know, hang out. Have a good time with your friends. Have a conversation as you need to. Do your part. Uh, Do your part. Be aware. And, and, you know, thanks for hanging in. And we'll uh, catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Later. Later.